1: On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Ah!
2: Good afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thank you for being with us Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about what's happening at Pearl River Resort on their website at PearlRiverResort.com. We would love for you to join the conversation. You can do just that on the Ceasefire text line. The number is 601 879 Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals that live where you do. And that is right here in Seaspire Country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Good to be with you this afternoon. Basketball coming up tonight, and it is a big game because all of the games right now for Mississippi State are big. Mississippi State at home. They are a significant favorite, a 10-point favorite with uh, LSU coming to Starkville and Humphrey Coliseum. And, hey, Ed, we had basketball last night. We'll get to that in just a second. But as we look toward tonight, uh, another – it's an opportunity, but this is also one of those got-to-win games with LSU. You have the uh,
3: the gambling numbers there. The gambling numbers? Yeah, 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 you said you had the spread there. Do you have the? Uh, you do not happen to have the over/under, do you?
2: Ah, uh, no, but I can pull it up in a different spot. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that
3: you don't you have like it. the under. I'll just, I'll just tell you to bet it. I'll just tell you to bet it. Um, LSU. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit uh, after you were gone on Monday, and I mean, I did not realize before I started looking into them how much, how bad they've been since the start of conference play. Yeah, you know, they got a win to start off. They were they were one and zero. They beat Arkansas, who was ranked in the top ten at the time. Yeah, they lost a close one to Kentucky. And you think, okay, well, they're they're going to be all right. And now they've lost uh, ten straight games. They're one and nine in the conference. Their closest loss in this stretch is eight points to Texas Tech, to a, not a bet to a bad Texas Tech team out there in the Big Twelve. Um, they lost by forty at Arkansas. They've lost a couple games. I think by eighteen. I think they had one loss by twenty in there. I mean. I knew Matt McMahon had a, had a rebuild a rebuild on his on his hands, but and he's doing. I think he's doing the best he can. But man, they they are they have been in a really really rough stretch, and now they come to play a Mississippi State team. That's you know I don't know that State's peaked yet, but they're starting to a little bit. They're playing really well. They have been for the past three or four weeks. Uh, even in defeat, they were playing better. And uh, now they they state you know like you said, this is a game that State has to win because they can't afford a quad three loss. Um, especially with Georgia, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, losing to Ole Miss last night, they're, they're sort of sliding down. That could end up becoming a quad three loss for state yeah. if they don't start winning some games. So, state's got to keep that resume pretty clean and, and they cannot afford a lost LSU on it.
2: The total is 125 and a half. Under? I could have said the total is 98 and a half and you would have said under, maybe. Under?
3: 98 I might have had to think about it
2: look so I agree with you that the under has been the right play for Mississippi State but I do think there are two things in play here Mississippi State is scoring more right they're they're making mm-hmm. more shots they are still playing lockdown defense one thing I would say about LSU they have been more competitive in their last three games now you're right the losing streak is is tough. Ten straight, nine straight in the league. There's no way around that. But in their last three games against a a pretty decent Texas Tech team, you mentioned it, it was at home, lost that one by eight. They went to Missouri and made shots in that game and lost it by ten. And then they lost by ten to Alabama this past Saturday. There was something like I'm making this number up because... I don't have the play by play of the game. But like there were basically no points scored by either team in the last 7 minutes of the game mm-hmm. or 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 something like they were 4 points or 7 points from the from the over with 7 minutes to play and they didn't get there. I don't remember exactly, but there was a drought at the end of the game. You know the guy who played best for South Carolina? I'm sorry for, um, sorry South Carolina on the brain from last night. You know who played best for LSU in that game against Derek Alabama? Fountain. It was Derek Fountain.
3: Derek Fountain, former, former Mississippi Bulldog,
2: former Mississippi State Bulldog, and he's averaging eight a game for uh, for LSU. This is a game that Mississippi State should win, right? LSU, not a good basketball team, and really scuffling. They just they don't have a roster that is built to win games in the league right now. And so that makes the stakes even higher for Mississippi State, right? Just there's no margin for error. Right. If we rewind to last Friday, maybe it was last Thursday. And we looked at Mississippi State's remaining games in the second half of the league. We said they needed to go seven and two. And that started with a win that Over started Missouri. with the that no wait, no that started with the road win against South Carolina, so they had to okay. win that game against South Carolina. We talked about Missouri being a tricky one because of what they do offensively. They did it again last night. But Missouri is a different team at home than they are on the road. Mississippi State got that win on Saturday, and now this is another one of those gotta get it wins tonight against LSU.
3: And uh, we'll see if they get it. I mean, I, it, it was weird. We talked about state. You know, we're talking about Mississippi State, a team that w- a couple weeks ago was you know one in seven in the conference and was in, mm-hmm. had lost seven out of eight games, and we're talking about them now as a double digit favorite in a conference game, and as this is a game they should win. It's crazy how quickly the fortunes have changed for Mississippi State. And if they win this game, they'll be on a four game winning streak headed to Arkansas who got a good win last night over Kentucky, but was shown to be pretty vulnerable against South Carolina on Saturday. You know, that, I feel like that's going to be a dogfight—no pun intended—there for, for between both those teams. Those two teams are—they play physical basketball. They—they—they they, they don't mind, you know, fighting it out in the streets there. So that should be a really good game Saturday. But State's got to get this win tonight to keep that momentum going.
2: What's the crowd going to be like tonight? I mean I'm assuming a great student crowd, but it is eight o'clock on a yeah. Wednesday night. And and that is I, look, we're past making excuses about crowds, whatever. That is a tough ask for yeah. fans.
3: Yeah, for sure. And, and 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 but that said State's had a couple of those games this year and they've had decent crowds. The crowd Saturday for Missouri wasn't as packed as I thought it was gonna be. It was a good crowd, but I yeah. thought it might come close to being a sellout and it wasn't. Um, but we'll see what happens tonight. I, I expect a big crowd in Starkville, you know, seven, eight thousand and uh, should be, and they'll definitely be into the game, especially if State can come out early and and take control of the game the way they did against Missouri and against TCU at home.
2: Borky, I know you've seen this online, so this is kind of anecdotal, right? With social media and seeing what Mississippi State folks are saying, but people are buying in. I don't know that there's like this wholesale all-in buy-in. It's all anybody's talking about, but like there's momentum building with yeah. with fans for Mississippi State as this team continues to win. And, and still has a puncher's chance. I mean, up to 78 in the uh, the seed list for Joe Lunardi right now, which is still outside looking in, but they're making some progress.
4: Better than in the 80s, which is what we were talking about this time last week, basically. Was there in the 80s, so they've jumped up roughly 10 spots, depending on uh, what day it was. But, yeah, the, the thing is, you got to have it for them, right? Uh, you would love for your entire fan base to just buy season tickets immediately with a new basketball coach and all that, but it doesn't usually work work that way. It's going to be more of a slow build, but student sections should be packed. There's no excuse for that not to be packed and lively, and, and hopefully they do that tonight because they need it.
2: Yeah, gonna be a uh, gonna be a big one. It's one of three games tonight in the SEC. Tennessee is at Vanderbilt. That game's on SEC Network at six o'clock. Florida is at Alabama. Uh, Florida is a bubble team as well. They are one that uh, you got to keep an eye on. Uh, and then you've got LSU at uh, at Mississippi State. Alabama. It hasn't always looked pretty. They've had some close calls, but they are still undefeated in league play, sitting atop the league standings at 10-0 and 0 so far. They're, they're a pretty complete basketball team. So Alabama's got three losses this year. They lost to UConn early. They lost to Gonzaga in Birmingham. And they lost to Oklahoma on the road as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Those yeah. are the three losses this year for Alabama. That's three good teams. Um, UConn got a good win last night against Marquette. Gonzaga is kind of what you expect them to be, maybe down just a touch from where they have been, and Oklahoma trending in the right direction uh, in the stretch run of the season. So Mississippi State and LSU, an 8 o'clock tip tonight at Humphrey Coliseum in Starkville. Let's, uh, let's take a peek at bracketology when we, uh, come back. Where is Mississippi State in the pecking order? Where is the rest of the SEC? According to Joe Lenardi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, just getting started with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
1: Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. You can find them online at mtradepark.com you're going to play, play M-Trade. Big stuff happening at M-Trade as they roll into their first baseball tournament weekend starting this weekend on February 18th. Actually, it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Uh, so February 18th, there is a fast-pitch tournament. That's the M-Trade free-for-all. They've got 33 teams that are coming in for that. February 24th, the Curtain Call Baseball Tournament. 57 teams already signed up for that one. And there is room. And then Take the Hill Baseball Tournament. That's March 3rd. These are all U triple SA tournaments. 148 teams at this point are signed up. I lied to you. They do have a baseball tournament this weekend as well. So if you're involved in scheduling your team's games, your kids' teams' games, be sure to check the website, mtradepark.com. Look at the full schedule of events all the way through the end of June and Get your team to M-Trade in Oxford. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Most recent bracketology from Joe Lenardi. So there are some kind of bullet point things, then we'll get to the seeds. So this is more of a national picture right now. North Carolina and Kentucky with losses yesterday both sink into the last 4 in category and last 4 in means playing in Dayton in those well, they call it the first 4 i mean we call them play in games um couple of blue bloods in dayton as the, the the chamber of commerce in dayton ohio would probably be pleased with north carolina and kentucky being there i don't know that uh, carolina fans or uh, or big blue fans would be super happy about it um yukon and in indiana with their wins, have moved up to number four seeds, and they have knocked both Gonzaga and TCU off the four-seed line. So Gonzaga, I mentioned them earlier, that win against Alabama, their best win of the season. But Gonzaga, not exactly what they have been in recent years. Tennessee at Vanderbilt tonight, even with a loss, Tennessee remains a two-seed. Uh, Florida at Alabama. Florida is now in the first four out, and they've got the biggest opportunity of the night playing a projected number one seed in Alabama. And Oklahoma, since their win against Alabama, has kind of scuffled a little bit, and they need a win at Baylor just to get back on the bubble, just to get back in the conversation. If Baylor loses that game, they would slip to a four seed. So right now, the top four seeds are Purdue is the overall number one, Alabama as the second number one seed. Houston as the third number one seed, and then Arizona. Your two seeds are Texas, Kansas, UCLA, and Tennessee. Your threes, Iowa State, Baylor, Marquette, and Virginia. And the four seeds are Indiana, Yukon, Xavier, and Kansas State. All right, here's what we're most interested in, though, right? Because the bubble is where Mississippi State is living. Last four buys, which means you are... In the field, you're in the big bracket. You don't have to play your way into the bracket. Nevada, Oklahoma State, Boise State, and Clemson. Last four in. These are the bigger-name teams that would have to go to Dayton and play to get into the big bracket. New Mexico, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Texas A&M after their win at home last night against Auburn. First four out, Memphis. Now, outside looking in, Memphis has struggled as of late. And with Memphis falling out of the field, that has the American down to a one-bid league, Florida, Seton Hall, and Oregon. And then the next four out, Utah State, Wisconsin, Charleston, and Wake Forest. Under consideration. That's where we go for the Mississippi State name. And they are the second team under consideration behind Penn State, just ahead of Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, Utah, and Michigan. The SEC currently projected with seven teams with Mississippi State and with Florida in the first four out and Mississippi State under consideration. I don't think it's a deal where everybody gets in. Like Florida plays its way in and Mississippi State plays its way in and the seven that are currently in the field stay there. To me, the team that you got to watch out for right now, that is trending in the wrong direction, the Auburn Tigers. Auburn Auburn has looked very vulnerable. At four straight losses, I think, for Auburn right now. They lose on the road last night to Texas A&M. So that's kind of the, the snapshot of where we are right now. So in terms of the SEC... You got Tennessee as a one seed. I'm sorry, Alabama is a one seed. Tennessee is a two seed, and then the teams that are in right now: Texas A&M now in, Auburn still in, Missouri in, Arkansas in, Kentucky in. So those are the seven that are currently in the field with Florida and Mississippi State trying to get there.
3: Yeah, a 10-team league, a 10-bid league doesn't doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that's going to happen for the SEC. So you mentioned Auburn. And then, I mean, i, I got to know the other teams' schedules, but, I mean, State still has to play A&M. They still have to play Kentucky. So, you know, State has a chance to knock a couple of those teams out on their way up, or State could get knocked out, and then those wins would become resume wins for those teams. Like, so... There's just still a lot, a lot of work to do for everybody on the resume. Alabama, they're, Tennessee, they're fine; they're not going anywhere. But everybody sure. else, it seems, it feels like that they've got to get some wins, you know, here and there to, to finish finish strong. And, and for state, they have to finish very strong.
2: So Missouri, right now, for example, a team is pretty comfortable, or they should be pretty comfortable where they are. But to your point about the schedule, next three games at Tennessee, at Auburn who feels like it's backed into a corner, and then home against Texas A&M and home against Mississippi State. Now Missouri catches a little bit of a break in its final three games. They go to Georgia, go to LSU, and host Ole Miss to close out the regular season. But that's a pretty daunting four-game stretch when you're in the tournament but don't have just a ton of wiggle room. I thought Missouri was, once again last night, impressive Man, I I am more impressed now with what Mississippi State did to Missouri offensively on Saturday, holding I'm them to ask 59 points after watching them in person last night. The, 52 my, points. 52, I'm sorry. 52, yeah. which was their season low. Um, They just, they play such a fun style. They're fast. Defensively, they're not very good, but they're so active that they turn you over and then turn those into transition points. They didn't do that against Mississippi State. State protected the basketball. And then Missouri, away from their building, just doesn't shoot it nearly as well. But, I mean, they've got four or five guys that can hit four or five threes in a game without blinking. Des Moy Hodge can do it. Nick Honor can do it. Kobe Brown can do it. Sean East can do it. I mean, they've got, they got dudes that are fearless in terms of shooting. And a heck of a home court advantage. That's going to be a huge game when Mississippi State goes to Missouri on the yeah. 21st of February. Yeah. That's two weeks from last night. Yes, that's gonna be a big one. It's gonna be a big one. Hey, any other thoughts? Big picture on the league?
3: It's good. It's, good. it's a good league. You got ta- you got talent up and down, and I mean, you know, I-, I think even on the right night, you know, Georgia, and I mean, say what you want about Ole Miss, they played tough against Kentucky. They played t- pretty tough against Auburn. Uh, they played tough against Mississippi State. You know, on the right night, especially if, if they can get you know healthy, they can they can win games.
1: Yeah,
2: 78-74 last night. And admittedly, I was not able to watch a lot of that game. I, I know Borky, you watched most of it. Hey, Dad, I don't know if you caught some of it last night or not. Huge game for uh, Jamin Brakefield. And you remember when we were talking about Ole Miss like a month ago? We we're talking about the fact that it couldn't be just Matt Morrell. Like somebody else had to step up. Last night you got two more guys stepping up. Brakefield goes for 24. Miles Burns goes for 20. Matthew Morrell did not have a good shooting night. He played 34 minutes and was only 2 of 11 from the field, but he had 14 points. Nine of them came from the free throw line, hit some big free throws down the stretch. And and so you had multiple guys that Ole Miss only played nine players. I mean, they didn't go deep from a rotation standpoint last night. Borky, did it feel like there was a little more patience and substitution
4: in watching it? Yeah, there was some of that. Um, you, know, you can't expect 20 a night from Burns. I mean, he just doesn't have the offensive ability to to give you that. But Breakfield, he could be a very decent number three. A good, really good number three on the right team. He just Depending on him to be a consistent scorer is, is not going to to go well. But you saw the ability last night. You saw what Mike Krzyzewski saw in him. Uh, when he signed him out of high school uh, last night for sure we will uh, we'll get to the C Spire text line when we come back
1: sports talk Mississippi You're number one for sports talk anyone anyone A- anyone come on, don't be shy sports talk Mississippi bingo man bingo Super talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. If you uh, want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. For all your business needs when it comes to IT, check out cspire.com slash business and let them help. Um. Let's see here. C Spire text line. Chris and Tupelo says Ole Miss was more patient last night, especially down the stretch. They didn't settle for quick threes and they attacked the basket more. You agree with that assessment, Borky?
4: Yeah, yeah, they played well last night. Um, Georgia played well last night too. Honestly, it was a- it was actually not a bad basketball game. It was it was relatively entertaining. Now the last two minutes are horrible because the last two minutes in every college basketball game are horrible and they do nothing about it. Maybe one day they'll realize they're making their product worse. But, uh, alas, yeah, they, they played well last night. It, I mean, d- despite some of the text messages I got, it doesn't change anything. There's not a don't-let-the-rebs-get-hot deal going on here like there was in Hashtag. baseball. I mean, look, they could win two in a row, though, because South Carolina's uh, in town on Saturday – and so there could there could be a winning streak building. But the, the kids, have, I mean, they, they were still playing hard, and they got one. And it, it's a bad team who is missing their best player. But, but you do feel for the players on bad teams. I mean, Ole Miss was 1-9 in the league. What are they, four games below 500 after the win? They were bad a year ago. They're bad this year. They're not drawing crowds, understandably so. They're they're not the ones making three million dollars. I, I don't feel bad for the coaches. I mean, you know, they're not cashing those kind of checks. So, I'm glad the kids got one. They needed they needed that. They deserved that because they've been playing their you know what's off. It just hasn't resulted in wins. Yeah, I mean, they're not good enough. I mean, the
2: the, the, the The cold, hard truth is they are not good enough personnel-wise to compete in the top half of the SEC this year. They're just not. They've got really nice pieces. They've got two, three, four good players. There's not an elite player on the team. Matthew Morrell at times has those moments where he looks like he could start for anybody, but has not been consistent enough of a shooter to kind of be in in that category, he's not a first team All SEC player this year. When you look around the league, and and then it's just kind of a, a mishmash of pieces trying to put it together. And Deshaun Ruffin, not only was that not working out with him on the team, but he he leaves the team. So I agree with you. I I, I don't even think Hey Dad would begrudge Ole Miss's win last night. We were talking about it earlier today. You're like, you kind of feel good for him, just getting a win. Because losing all the time stinks. And long losing streaks are hard and they're frustrating and they're disappointing and they breed discontent and almost played well. They played together. They played hard and they were rewarded. Interestingly enough that their two SEC wins are both on the road this year at South Carolina and at Georgia.
4: Um. Two of the bottom three in the SEC, but still, it, they they have they have those wins. Yeah, but
2: but also when you look at down the stretch for Ole Miss, there's some very difficult games remaining on the schedule. But they've also got a game against LSU. They host South Carolina on Saturday. I mean, they might they might scratch out four or five SEC wins. Yeah, it's not going to change anything in the big picture about the season or the future of the program. But it sure would make you feel a whole lot
4: better. Yeah, a young person can feel better at the end of a a really bad two. And what's, I was talking to somebody about this, just the state of Ole Miss basketball and, and the fan apathy that is established, because you have gone straight from COVID, where the season got canceled, into back to back really bad seasons. Hmm. You, you haven't been able to be – you, the Ole Miss fan out there, have not been able to be excited or or interested unless you are one of those that that just lives and breathes every single game no matter what you're watching and you're locked in. And credit to you, every fan base needs more people like you. That is not a knock. It's But for those that are more casual, it's been years since they've had something truly to be excited about in basketball. Years like three years since they've been able to be optimistic about their basketball program with actual reason backing that optimism. It's a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. After watching South Carolina in person last night, I kind
2: of look at them and I'm I'm not sure how they're one and ten in the league. I know that that roster isn't. It, it's it's similar to Ole Miss's roster, but with a first round NBA draft pick on it. I mean, Gigi Jackson is going to get picked. I don't think he's going to play in the NBA next year, but he's going to get drafted by somebody because of what he looks like and what his body frame is and how he moves. I mean, there's they're drafting potential there. Yeah, there's an NBA They'll
4: give him a two-way and slap him on their G League team and call him up when they need him. A- absolutely,
2: that's absolutely what they'll do. So they've got an NBA player on the roster, and then they've got two or three other. Really nice pieces, but they played really hard against Missouri last night at a place where it's hard to win, and they were in it the entire way until the very end when Missouri kind of pulled away. Just I, I look at them, and I'm like, I don't really see how you're 1-10. I, I kind of get it with LSU at 1-9. and 9. It wasn't quite – I mean, I guess it's the same situation, right? I mean – Frank Martin leaves South Carolina. There's a rebuild on the roster. You bring Lamont Paris in and he's trying to do all of the things. It's hard. I mean, okay, so you think about all the new coaches in the league this year, right? South Carolina, new coach, one and 10. LSU, new coach, one and nine. Mississippi State, new coach, three and seven. Now trending in the right direction, but their record through 10 conference games is three and seven. Georgia, new coach. Mike White, four and seven. Missouri new coach, they're kind of the exception, Dennis Gates. They're 6-5, and and they're a tournament team.
4: Yeah, you know, in hindsight, people have asked me over the last couple days, well, why didn't Keith make the change last year? And I've kind of pondered that myself, actually, because of what the conversations we had in March about the outlook, which wasn't good. You should have expected this team to not be great. But you would much rather be hiring a coach in this cycle than last one. There's no doubt about that. You might be the only SEC team hiring a coach this cycle. Now, things get weird. You know, Kentucky might come open, but you're not after the same candidates that Kentucky's after anyway. So right. it's it's fine if Kentucky comes open. Um, but you might be the only one. I mean, maybe Vanderbilt. Maybe? No, I don't think they're moving on from stock. Exactly. So in terms of being the only job open in the SEC, it's much you feel much better about your candidate pool than you would have last year when you're fighting against Missouri, when you're fighting against your in-state rival, when you're fighting against South Carolina and all that. I mean, it's it's a little bit easier this time around than last year, I imagine.
2: And, hey, Dan, I don't know that it's coincidental that you look at the top half of the league and you see stability in terms of program and coaching staff. Alabama NATOs Nados, for real. Their only hope is that they can hold on to him and they just – Added a big number to his contract. Buzz Williams, stable at AM, Rick Barnes, stable at Tennessee. Bruce Pearl, stable at Auburn. Calipari's been there like two decades now at Kentucky. He's been at Kentucky a long time. Hey, got yeah. Florida and Missouri right there kind of in the middle with new coaches. And then Arkansas, stable. Vanderbilt, stable. Well, I don't know.
3: Um, I mean, that's just, but you're right. You said it right. No coincidence. That's that's how you build programs and and that's how you, you build teams is you have coaching that's good, that's stable, that recruits players that fit what they want to do. That's why it's tough for a first year coach. You know that's why it's it's been tough for Chris Jans. It's, it's tough for Matt McMahon. It's been tough for Todd Golden. I think Florida's more talented than what their record shows, but you know those players may not fit exactly what he wants to do. So they're trying to figure things out. Um, and it'll be tough next year for Ole Miss under a new coach, um, but they will they will play better and they will improve.
2: You know, there's there's one thing about Florida and Missouri. First year head coaches, a lot of turnover on the roster, but there's an All SEC caliber player returning on both of those rosters. With Florida, yeah. it's Colin Castleton, and, it and with Missouri, it's Kobe Brown. I mean.
3: And, and in and Mississippi you, State, too, with Toluse Smith. And and his play, his improved play lately has been why State's winning. Yeah, it's a good point.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. We've got plenty more to get to this afternoon. You want to be a part of the conversation, join us on the Seaspire text line at 601-879-4395. Ricky Woods is going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Longtime high school coach in Mississippi, And uh, he's got a couple of former players who are going to be playing on Sunday in the Super Bowl. We'll uh, get his perspective and uh, how much fun it is going to be to watch that on Sunday. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. You can join us on the Seaspire text line. I know Winners and Losers is a Monday thing, so I don't know if we should not file this under a loser. Maybe we should file it under an uh, under a new category called Just Shut Up. I got a Just Shut Up award that I would love to hand out today. Now, far be it for me to defend Dawn Staley in South Carolina women's basketball. I I think Dawn Staley, maybe just because of her success, has kind of made herself unlikable to, to a lot of fan bases out there. But I don't need Gino Ariema, of all people, being high and mighty when his team gets beat. The Yukon Huskies have handed out what my late friend Charles Walker would call AAWs for a really, really, really long time. I'll let you figure out what AAWs stand for. Severe beatings to their opponents. A whooping. A whooping. An acute one. Acute is the first word. Whooping is the last. You can figure out the rest. Um. So Geno, Army, Emma's team—they they beat the brakes off of Tennessee a couple of weeks ago in Knoxville. And in a halftime interview with Holly Rowe, he goes off on of the officiating. I mean, just like goes off. And now, after South Carolina goes to Stores, Connecticut, and wins eighty-one seventy-seven, rocking packed house, electric environment for women's basketball. For, for sports, period. It was just a great environment. And here we get R.E.M. after the fact. It's just appalling what teams do to her now. He's talking about Lou Lopez-Senechal, uh, Sinichal, is a transfer from Fairfield. She's was a player of the year in the MAAC for the last two years. Said that she had bruises on her body from the game. It's appalling what teams do to her now. It's not basketball anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's not basketball. What, what were they doing? He's complaining that she's getting mauled that the game's too physical. That it's not being officiated the right way. I'm, I, I'm here to tell you, hey, Dad, you've watched plenty of women's basketball. Borky, I don't know how much women's basketball you watch. some along the way. Anybody requesting more whistles and more fouls in women's basketball is wrong. There is not a need you're, you're for, for more fouls to be called in college women's basketball. That That is a need that does not exist. Here, again, not defending Dawn Staley, but I like what she said on her radio show. We're called something other than players that are locked in. Talking about her team, she said they play the right way and approach it the right way whether they win or lose, we don't denounce anybody's play. They are always uplifting the game of women's basketball. And when we, this is the part I like. And when we were getting our heads beat in by UConn for all those years, I said nothing. South Carolina was 0 7 against UConn prior to their recent run of success where they won four out of the last five, including a national championship. Me thinks Gino Ariema is a really bad loser. He's a great front runner. He's great when his team wins 130 games in a row over the course of four or
4: five years. He is a
2: bad loser.
4: That's what it sounds like. So, I mean, sorry, sorry that, that your star players got bruises, but. I, I, that, that's what you should do. You should it's hound. Game, you should hound the best player and make them as uncomfortable as possible. Brandon Ingram was cooking the Lakers the other night. I mean, he cooked the Lakers the other night. Did you see it? Hey, Dad, I did. Um, the, they
3: were my Pelicans were my winner on Monday. What are we talking but, about?
4: But Pat Bev, when he was guarding Brandon Ingram, was all uh, was a pest. Wouldn't leave him alone. Off the ball, on the ball, during breaks, whatever. Was being a pest because Brandon Ingram was the best player on the floor, and Pat Bev knew that, and he tried to throw him off his game by throwing little elbows, messing with him, chest bumping him, whatever. Because that's what you do when when, when you've got the best player, and your assignment is to guard him. What do you do? Whatever it takes to get them off their game. That is just. I mean, I'm not I'm not a successful basketball coach, but. I saw Pat Bevin thought, yeah, that's what he should be doing. Ingram's cooking him. Try to get him off his game. Throw little elbows. Don't get caught. That's what, that's what you should do. That That is sports. And occasionally do get caught when you're if, okay with it. Yes!
3: I wonder if winning 111 straight games, you forget how to lose sometimes. Got to. Yeah. Because you, you, you forgot how to do it.
2: And it's not like before that streak and after the streak, they were doing a whole lot of losing. Right. I, I i mean, UConn is 19 and 3 this year. They're, they're still pretty good. So, the Just Shut Up award goes to Gino Ariema. Love it. We'll be back. Sports Talk, Mississippi. Now,
1: more, more Sports Talk, Mississippi. Hey, us go time sport talk Mississippi well say something super talk Mississippi Shh.
2: Cower with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. And, of course, on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations, we are glad to be with you this afternoon. If you would like to join us and be a part of the conversation, we hope you'll do that on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire. Check out their world class internet service and even more world class IT professionals who live right here in Ceasefire Country. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. I mean just random 70 degrees on a Wednesday in February. That's uh, that's what we've got today. Wouldn't have been a bad day to be on the course is it another short day for you, Hayden?
3: No, not today. Not today. I'm going to the hump tonight. I, I figure it might be cool this evening when I get Coolish out of
2: there. Coolish when you leave the hump. Uh, okay. So, yeah, great, great weather. Uh, and you can take advantage on these nice spring days of great golf at the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your tea time online at dancinggrabbitgolf.com. Guys, today is a special day. It is a special day for a special person. It is a day that we celebrate the birth of a person that we all know and think fondly of. His first name is not officially, but unofficially, Scary. His last name, <laughs> nope, it's not his last name, it's his real name, is Gary. Scary Gary, who many of you know as well, because Scary Gary, in his life, or at least in his life lifetime that I have known him, has never, ever, ever met a stranger. Gary's ability to connect with people, whether they want to be connected with or not, is uncanny. Uh, he is one of the true heroes behind the scenes at Super Talk Mississippi. Whether it's stuff that's happening in our Jackson offices, stuff that is happening at tower sites all across the state of Mississippi, stuff at any of our studios all across the state of Mississippi, or when we go on the road for, for live shows, whether it's for, for Sports Talk or Gallo or Gerard or Rebecca, whatever it is, and, and the bus is there. Uh, The setup, Gary does it all. He almost never complains. Almost. (laughs) And he is one of my favorite people anywhere. And we need to have Gary on the radio, even if it's not today on his birthday. We we do need to have Gary on because NASCAR. He's our NASCAR correspondent. He is. We should make that a more regular thing, which we always say. Anyway. Yeah. If you've met Gary, you're not going to believe this. How, how old do you guys think Gary is today? Birthday is today. Take a guess on his age. Be the guy at the circus.
3: He's older than me. He's probably, like, early 50s.
2: Okay. He's 62. Scary Gary is 65 today. Woo! I never would have believed that.
3: Never would have guessed that, no.
2: So, Gary... Thank you for all you do. Working harder than any 25-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Gary, for all you do. And happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful celebration this evening. And I hope you don't think you can retire just because you're 65.
4: Because we need you. (laughs) Please don't go anywhere. Please. Please don't go anywhere, Gary. No, retirement's not in that dude's vocabulary. I
2: I think I agree. I think Gary would get bored if he retired. Yeah. He, he's, he's because have he those, likes yeah. so many of the places that we go, right? I mean, whether it's cruising the coast, he loves the cars, some of the other now, there's some probably spots where he'd be like, eh. I'd rather not load the bus up today and go set up a stage and break it down at a desk and break it down all this equipment. I get that. Gary loves the SEC baseball tournament when we roll over to Hoover. He's, uh, he's always ready to go. And uh, a world-class dude. Happy birthday, Scary Gary. Love so, it. So, I'm sorry, what? I said, I love it. James in Hattiesburg says, he let my son and me in the RV in Hattiesburg. Gave us a shirt and huggers. Dwayne and Brandon. How did Gary get the nickname Scary? Kind of scared to ask.
3: That's how. We just popped it on him, and now everybody's scared.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. JT may have given that, that nickname somewhere along
4: the way. I think so.
2: Well, next time he's on yeah. with us, we'll ask him.
4: By the way, in Mississippi, Huggies, Huggers, they're Koozies the, the, everywhere else in America. When I first got here, like I, I, I get to like my first day in college, and everybody's passing around beer. I, I mean, um... Uh, soda, and I hear a guy go, "Give me one of them huggies over there." I, was, I said, "Give you a what?" I had never heard that before until I moved here. Nowhere else in the in the United States of America calls a koozie a huggy, except for right here in Mississippi. Nobody else does that. And even when you buy them here, when you scan them at the grocery store, what pops up on the screen? Koozie. It, it is just. Mississippi only slang, this, man.
3: We're the hospitality state. We you know, we, we want to hug everybody that, including our adult beverages,
4: French dressing on our pizza, which by the way I love. I uh, think I would. I love that's it. just on
3: the coast, but
4: still yeah. only that's here. just
3: on the coast. Only in the two two eight is that done. It's good
4: though. Uh, Derek, can back agree, in my pizza it,
3: day, somebody would ask that question. They're like, "Do y'all have French dressing?" And I, without even asking them, I just go ahead and write down two two eight for their area code and just go from there. It's the rest of your number. I knew. I got the
2: area. I know game. it's 228. I just need the seven digits. Yeah. Oh, mate. Let's see here. Uh, Derek and Greenwood. Hey, y'all. In my best Gary voice. <laughs> Somebody says JT gave him the name. Koozie uh, is stupid, like the people that say it. Lisa oh, and Clara. Well, you're
4: stupid.
1: What? Nah, what do I
2: you mean? <laughs> Lisa and Clarence, says we call them huggers. Adam
4: and Madison, huggers, huggies in Alabama as well. See, I, I thought that too until I went to an Alabama game and it, they called them koozies there. I even had the wherewithal to ask, and nobody there said huggy. We debated it for a while because we were nineteen. I mean, I mean, twenty two and stupid. Yeah. Somebody said we also have buggies, It's okay
2: to
3: admit carts. that you drank beer at 18, 19 years old in college. It's okay to admit
4: that. I I visually shamed somebody into putting their shopping cart in the right spot, by the way. It happened. I looked at this person. So I always put my cart back because, you know, that's what you should do. Those people don't get paid enough to play rodeo with your carts all around the lot, okay? Um, but I put my cart up. And I usually park next to the bay just for a shorter walk because sometimes I have the little guy with me. But put the cart up, walk around the front of my car, and the guy that was parked in front of me pushed his cart just in between our cars. And he let go and was about to walk away and looked at me, and I just looked at him, just stared at him. Put his hands right back on the cart, walked two spots over, and put it in the bay. I visually shamed him into doing the right thing. I felt so good. That's good man. He was That'd just going to leave it there. Took his hands off, was going to walk away right in front up. of my car.
3: I kind of have
2: a hang-up with that as well. Cold, raining, whatever. I mean, you're the one that chose to go to the store. They provided you a, uh, a buggy to get the things that you needed from the store to your vehicle. It's not okay to just leave it out in the middle of the parking lot. In the same way that it's not okay to park in a handicapped spot, even if you're just running in and out real quick, if you're not handicapped,
4: it's just not. Yep. It's not okay. Veteran parking, same thing. The, the, uh, home improvement stores, they all have I, veterans' parkings. I, if you're I, not a vet, don't park in the vet spot. I, I think the, uh, the expectant
2: mother spots, you, you can't take those, but I would argue that the big box home improvement stores where they save 20 spots for professional contractors, you can actually use those. If you're doing a contracting job, you can park in one of those spots. Stolen
3: Valor. I'm building something. Stolen Valor contractors.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hear you, though, especially if they're empty. Gary
2: sends us a message. He says, thanks for the shout-out. Hey, you know the last thing that we should say about Gary? He's a really good sport, too. Gary gets needled endlessly and, and has been. And he just takes it in stride. It's like, there's part of me that wonders if he leaves. He's like, I would like to kill that guy. Or he's just like, ah, it's
1: cool. Gary's the best. Happy birthday, G. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
2: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. There are few people that have had a larger impact on football, primarily high school football, but football period in the state of Mississippi, than Ricky Woods. He His teams have appeared in 11 state championship games Eight state titles, and he joins us right now to talk about a couple of his former players who will be playing this Sunday. Coach Woods, how's retirement, by the way?
5: It's good. Uh, me and my wife are really enjoying it. It's a little different. It took a while to get used to, but I think we're coming around.
2: Well, good good for you. What, what are you doing to uh, to pass the time? Because I know after after all of those years working and traipsing up and down sidelines, you can't just sit around and do nothing. <laughs>
5: Well, I hunt and fish and I, I have a garden and she, after being gone for so many years, I got plenty of work just working on my house and I enjoy that too, just peddling. But, uh, and yeah, we keep busy. Uh, she, she's retired too. So we, we, we travel a lot now, which has been fun.
2: Yeah. Well, good for you. You certainly have, uh, have earned that. I'm curious when you reflect on your time at Starkville. Uh, and specifically, A.J. Brown and Willie Gay. Um, what, what do you think of with those two guys who will be playing against each other in the Super Bowl this weekend?
5: Well, I'm going to tell you, because uh, they are two tremendous players I you know, have, have all kind of talent and ability. But, you know, both those guys were very intelligent. Uh, they were leaders. They were high character. Yeah, They were some of the hardest-working kids I've ever been, or, or men, now that I've ever uh, uh, been associated with in my life. And, you know, I come in late when we had 94 players that year. They finished with 94 players. And, you know, I didn't know it was sold when I came in in June because I got late. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of good guys on that team. But, you know, people feed off the best players and how they act. And those guys were great leaders for that team. And, you know, you put, uh, you get guys who got a lot of ability and, Make good decisions, and you know, intelligent and good at work ethic. Yeah, that's all in line, which gonna you know result in a lot of prosperity. If we say done, they deserve it, uh, and that's why they are for that day.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ricky Woods visiting with us on the Farm Bureau guest line. He, he's coached all over Mississippi, at Ackerman, at, at Starkville, at South Panola, a couple of different stands. Northwest Community College, had a year in Georgia. So so you've had a lot of football players, and you've had a lot of football players that have gone on to be very successful post-high school. I, I'm curious if in the moment when, when you're coaching a guy like Willie Gay or, or or an A.J. Brown, if you know that there's something different there. Like, I mean, you, you have – Great players, and then you have players that are just at a different
5: level. Do you see it that early? Oh yeah, uh, I come watch. I, I had him interviewed at Starfall, but I was going to, and they played a spring game. And I come to the state, uh, they played Starfall, and you know I'd been out of state, been in junior college. I hadn't been associated with high school football much, and I didn't know who AJ was. And I, I went up to the stands to sit down and. First play of the line of scrimmage, you know, he caught a dash and run, run. I told my wife, that's a real player right there at number 15. He stood out the first play I ever seen him, and I wouldn't even coach him at that time. And, of course, you get back and you got Willie, and, uh, of course, he comes in, he's 6'3", about 215. He can fly very aggressive and strong, and, you know, you know you got something. So we had a lot of good players on that team, but, uh, of course, those two were the two standouts, without a doubt.
2: Is there any way to look at a kid at high school and go, He's going to be an NFL player? Well,
5: I knew, I, I, I knew A.J. was because, you know, about the middle of his senior year, uh, you know, we were talking. He said, when, you know, when he went to college, he's going to get me tickets. I said, I can get college tickets. I'm going to need the next level tickets. And, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I knew he was. Unless something bad went wrong, he was destined. You know, Willie was young. and came in the 10th grade. He had a good junior year. And you could just tell all that athletic ability he had. You know, I, I knew Willie was going to have a chance to, too. And you know, and, uh, and the longer you progress with him his senior year, I mean, you just knew it was going to happen for him. And those guys handled themselves well. You know, you get guys who's got great talent, and they got they got to handle themselves well. You know, both of them had good parents and made good decisions, and help and they were raised really good.
2: So. What's your plan for Sunday night as, uh, as you're watching this game with two of your former players? Will you just sit back and prop your feet up and, and enjoy it? Will you be nervous?
5: Well, I've always decided I, uh, I don't watch a lot of pro ball, but I watch those two teams. I've been watching Philadelphia and Kansas City when they're on. I enjoy watching the guys that I've coached, of course, I root for them. But, you yeah, know, I'm going to be neutral. I, I, I really think a lot of both those guys. And so I'm just telling my wife I was going to be new to she is, too. Uh, but I'm going to watch her play, and I'm going to enjoy it. I know that. And You know, yeah. You know, I, I, uh, you know, somebody asked me who you want to win. I said, well, I wish this course would sort of tie, you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to be proud for other and you will feel bad for one. But, uh, you know, they know they know the stage they play it on. They both, you know, just getting there and being able to play it. I mean, the NFC or AFC Championship is just absolutely you know, it's just a dream come true for both of them.
2: Yeah, well, and, and kind of a crazy deal for AJ. I mean, he's the he's by far the leading receiver for the Titans a year ago, and everybody's a little shocked when they trade him away. And you know, I guess they had their reasons to do that. But the, the yeah. Titans'
5: loss certainly has
2: been Philadelphia's game.
5: Yeah, it's been their game. I mean, you know, he sort of spurred them on. They had a good team, and you know, I know him and uh, Jalen Hurts are good friends, and it was a good fit. and uh it sort of spurred the Eagles on, and of course, it continued uh, AJ's career. Now, he's just such so a nice, dynamic guy, blocking, and it's everything he does. You know, he can get the best hands I've ever seen on anybody. I've never coached him that close to him. And, you know, in high school, he looked like a linebacker. You know, he's muscled up, run. You know, but people that size usually can't run that fast. So, him and Willie both. Willie can fly too now. Yeah.
2: Hey, last thing for you, and and this is kind of switching gears a little bit. I'm I'm curious with a a year of retirement under your belt and and the ability to reflect a little bit. When when you think about high school football, uh, especially in the state of Mississippi right now,
5: is the game in a healthy place? I think so. I mean, I think it really is. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of good coaches out there, a lot of good young coaches out there. And, uh, you know, they they're doing a lot things right, you know. I believe. I mean, you you play against those guys, and uh, you know they got good schemes. They got a good program. You talk to them, and they'll come talk to you. Um, and you know, I think that the football is in a good place in Mississippi. You know, in the South, uh, I think it's just we are so uh, fortunate to have. The the kind of kids that we, that, you know, they're just good, hard nose working kids, and they enjoy the game. You know, and I think Mississippi, you know, we talk about basketball, baseball, and everything. But, you know, they, they're predominantly a football state because of the fan base. you uh, know uh, Because most of the people in Mississippi really, really enjoy high school football.
2: yeah. Folks love their Saturdays in Mississippi, but there's something special about Friday nights that, uh, that yeah, I do think yeah, you can
5: just, ever replace. You know, every, you know everybody that in a community you knows know the kids and they got access to go watch and play. Don't, doesn't everybody have access to go to a college football game? And they don't know, all, don't know many of them anyway. But you you go to a high school football uh, game, in Mississippi, and we pretty rule. Uh, you usually know all the kids, and everybody wants to go to that game. In that town can get in the gate wants to get to the game, and you know it's something to talk about. It's a social event, actually. I mean, uh, you, you know, ever ever people in all walks of life have a common come and go when it's related to that team. That's their team in that town, and that is special.
2: And you know, it's, it's funny you say that in some ways. I mean, we, we designate one game homecoming, but it's kind of like homecoming that I'll go to a high school football game in Oxford where, where I played and and where I live now. And I see people that I don't see any other time, right? Yeah. But, but everybody kind of reconvenes on Friday nights at oh, yeah. the uh, football it reconvenes.
5: field. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the way that everybody can get along. It, it, uh, people get closer. You know, they, you know, you got kids that, uh, you know, I can go down here to Ackman and I don't know hardly any of this. The fans—it's changed. It's a different group doing the same thing, coming to yeah. see their kids play or the friends' kids play or you know the brothers play or whatever. But it's a. Uh it's really, really something special, uh, for any kind of athletic event. I mean I got a grandson, in the band, he feels the same way about the band. Sure. You know, kids need to belong to something. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, band, just belong to something. Uh I was just fortunate enough to just you know, be around football more than anything at uh, that at, that I had. Uh but one thing about it. Starful High School and start the community of Starful. I want to present that they got a big billboard with both of them pitched on it. They represent uh, A.J. Brown and Willie Gay very well, and I, I'm proud for them.
1: Well,
2: Starful's got a lot to be proud for as well. Coach, thanks so much for uh, your time. Glad that uh, retirement is treating you well. Maybe we can catch up down the line. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. That's Ricky Woods joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. A ton of success for him. Eight state championships and 11 state championship game appearances. And uh, I can't imagine what that would feel like to you know sit down in the recliner, sit down on the couch on Sunday night, and you're watching the Super Bowl, and two guys that you coached on the same team playing against each other for the uh, Lombardi Trophy. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, more coming up after this.
1: (laughs) This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: conversation with Ricky Woods, former coach at a bunch of places. He's coached a bunch of places in Mississippi, including Starkville, where he had uh, Willie Gay and um,
3: yeah.
2: A.J. Brown on his team.
3: I, I just texted you, but I meant to tell you to ask him about the time he played Willie Gay at quarterback, one of the, the most incredible performances in Mississippi high school history. Was that just to load it up and run it? With him getting- yeah, they, they, I forget I forget who the quarterback was for Starkville that year, but he was injured, and it was late in the season, and they needed to win to get into the playoffs. And so they just put Willie Gay in the Wildcat, and I think he carried it like 50 times for 350 yards or Ooh. something like that. They, they just could not stop him. And I, I, Joel Coleman told me this story, He's, and I, I may butcher it a little, but basically after the game, Joel's like, Coach, what was the thought process behind putting Willie at quarterback? And, Coach Woods just looked at him and go, couldn't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the What were you watching? <laughs> what were you watching? They couldn't stop him all night. So, so that was against yeah. Clinton.
2: Went for over three hundred yards on the ground against Clinton. Yeah,
3: Clinton. Okay. Wow. That is uh,
2: I wish you just jumped in so and asked that,
3: that. I should have. And that would have meant that means he would have been up against Cam Akers, so I don't know what Acres rushed for in that game. But that had to be an unbelievable game.
2: Yeah, no uh, no question. Uh, yeah. We uh, need to continue our countdown of 25 teams in 25 days. Let's do that right now.
0: He's out! What a way to end it! And what a way to end a drought! Mississippi State, the national champions, want to pitch struck him out from last four in to last team standing. Ole Miss has won the College World Series.
4: Opening day is right around the corner, so we're counting it down. Here's 25 teams in 25 days.
2: A scheduling quirk this year for Ole Miss has put a pretty good non-conference opponent on its schedule more than was thought was going to happen. In week two of the season, Ole Miss hosts the Maryland Terrapins. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, The you know, for that time of year, the traditional 4 p.m., 1 30 start. And then Ole Miss will play Louisiana Tech for a couple of midweek games. And then Ole Miss will get on an airplane and fly to Minneapolis, Minnesota, to play in the Cambria College Classic against three Big Ten teams, games against Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska. So four games against Maryland this year in the first, what, ten games of the regular season. So that is is certainly unique. So Big Ten team in baseball, Maryland, yeah, are they any good? Um, pretty good. Pick to win the Big Ten, and this Maryland team is good. They've got a bunch of guys that can swing it. They had five players with double-digit home runs a year ago that are back in the everyday lineup. Luke Schleiger, their catcher, had 12 home runs. Kevin Keister had 11 home runs. Sorry,
4: what? Uh, Kevin Keister. Kevin Keister. That's what my late grandfather used to call your bum. You just sit down right there on your Keister. Yeah. And don't move, Kevin Keister. Yeah. You said he's the catcher. Uh, he's the second base. Oh, that would have been oh. so much better if he was the catcher. The second baseman, Kevin Keister. David Kellum, if you're listening to this, you better have your puns ready. Yeah, uh, he K- won't be on that trip. Oh, he won't. No, because he's still doing bad. I mean.
2: Whoa. And I, I, I'm i not getting to go either because of basketball.
4: Well, then, if it's Eli Savoy, Eli, you're in Memphis. I think he's on the radio right now in Memphis, right? I think so. No, he's in the morning. Okay, oh, he's in the morning. Good. So, if, if in the off chance you've got us on right now, Eli, get your puns ready. If the second baseman somehow falls on his backside, you know what to do.
2: He fell right on his keister. <laughs> uh, Nick LaRusso, the third baseman. 15 home runs last year. Matt Shaw, the shortstop, 22 home runs. Boy, there's a big 10 name. Bobby Zmarziak. Oh, my gosh.
4: Z-M-A-R-Z-I-A-K. Are you sure he doesn't play linebacker at Penn State? I mean, really?
2: Z-M-A-R-Z-L-A-K. Zmarzlak. Anyway, it, it, he it doesn't matter
4: Mars. what I said. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Um,
2: two returning starting pitchers. Uh, one who went 6 and 2, one who went 8 and 3. The projected third starter is uh, a high school pitcher a year ago. Uh, kind of looking at the breakdown from D1 baseball, these guys can hit. They're not like a super fast team. Starting pitching is above average and they got a lot of experience and they can really, really hit. So Nick Dean and Jason Savakul are their kind of two frontline starters and both have got a lot of experience. Pitching depth was a question for Maryland last year. Um, they had one guy. I'm sorry, a, a trio of three guys who threw more than half of their innings for the uh, entire year. Matt Shaw, the shortstop I mentioned a second ago, as a freshman last year, hit 322 with 16 doubles and seven home runs. That was not the shortstop. That was, yeah, that was a shortstop. Well, something's not adding up on what D1
4: Baseball is telling me. Good team. And again, picked to win the Big Ten. A good litmus test for Ole Miss in those four games, right? I mean, we we talked about yesterday a little bit, and and with you before as well, that Arizona State, and then Southern Miss, and then Frisco is going to be a really good litmus test for Mississippi State. Those four games are going to be a really good test for Ole Miss as well. I mean, it's a preseason top 15 team, and you get four games with them, three of which you know, in your place, and then you got to go play where the Vikings play, which is awesome, by the way. I've heard some people make fun of that. Oh, I wish we wouldn't do something like that. Why not? How cool is that? You get to go play in Minneapolis in a gigantic, really nice football stadium where the Vikings play.
2: Why would you want not to do that?
4: I have not. Because you've got some people that are baseball purists that think baseball should be played on baseball fields. And since it's not, that it's a problem. This isn't like
2: a retrofit thing. That building was built to be able to do both. Yeah. I mean, not exactly like the old Metrodome, but it's... It's,
4: They push the seats, so the outfield wall is really... But do they have a fence, or do they put a line on the outfield wall? Either way, it's a perfectly shaped baseball field with no interruptions inside a really cool venue. I'm excited to actually watch those games. I really am, because I love the novelty stuff, especially that one.
2: Yeah. Matt Shaw, the shortstop from Maryland, is projected to be the player of the year in the Big Ten. And uh, of the top prospects, they're a, bunch of, they're a bunch of guys from Maryland. So, yeah, that's going to be a great test for, uh, for Ole Miss. And, and so, probably a good RPI non-conference series as well.
3: This feels like, I mean, without knowing the rest of the, the nation's schedules... I mean, is this the best schedule? This is week two, right? This might be the best series in the country that weekend. It'll be good.
0: Yeah,
4: if the weather's good, it's the, the top crowds are going to be top 15 nuts. Teams.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, you get Ole Miss in D one baseball's preseason top twenty five. You get Ole Miss at four and Maryland at thirteen. Oh yeah, that's.
4: It's pretty good stuff. Oh, if you've got 70s yeah, plus in really. late February, or you don't even need 70s. If you are just comfortable, like this past Sunday, it was like 67. That's stunning. I mean, if you get that for three days, the crowds are going to be insane. Yeah. You got people, I mean, reigning Columbus national champions. Sold, what, 80,
2: what did I read? 8,800 season tickets? Something like that.
4: Yeah. A lot of excitement. That doesn't include students, right? No, that does not include students. For camping, I have been camping out since Monday for setup on Friday. Wait, what? The, 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 you live in town. How do you not know this? There's a, there's a tent city. Dude, I, I, I left at 4.30 on Monday <laughs> afternoon and
2: drove to the Memphis airport and have done planes, trains, and automobiles ever since. So, I, I, I've missed it. So there is a
4: tent city like Krzyzewskiville for, for student chair set up hmm. kids are are going to sleep out there all week by the hundreds already and lord knows what it's going to be by friday night out there sleeping to make sure that they can reserve their spots in the outfield by, by
2: the way i it's some baseball news that we should probably talk about i don't know that any of it is just like complete breaking news but some things that are going to be different at swayze this year and uh, some things that maybe are getting pushed up a little faster than uh, folks thought. Sports Talk Mississippi will continue with you. Pearl River Resort Studios
1: right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm.
2: Up the four o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm talk.fM and Super Talk TV. Um, I talked to someone in the athletic department it was a week or so ago. I probably should have mentioned this before now. Uh, just a few things that are going to be different for the baseball stadium experience this year at Ole Miss. One, new lights. They got the uh, they get the LED lights, which are like what they've got in football stadiums. So. You have a night game and you hit a home run and they can flash and blink and be different colors and all that good stuff. But overall, it's going to be just the field's going to look better. It's not going to feel dark at all. It's gonna It'll make it look better on television. It's going to make it look better in person. Um, number two, Borky, when you park up close to University Avenue or behind the band hall or whatever, students, if you're in the stadium, you can watch them streaming down the hill. Across the band practice field, pulling their coolers toward right field. Well that's not going to be possible this year. It is a completely different look because they have a new band practice field that is under construction. I think hey Dad was can you give some money to that somewhere along the way or something?
3: I did not give any money to it. Okay. I personally did not give any money. Okay. But I helped I helped with the the, the donations.
2: Well, Ultimately, You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um but in terms of progress, sometimes it's got to get worse before it gets better. I really hate this, honestly. One of the cool things about the setting of Swayze Field was the trees beyond the center field wall. Like that big Forgive me for using the term grove, but big grove of oak trees behind the wall. They've all been clear-cut. They're all gone which means when you look beyond the center field wall, you have two buildings up there that are white, which means the batter's eye has to be, like, doubled in size. But they're not going to come up with a permanent solution for the batter's eye, at least that's not the plan. They're going to come up with some sort of a temporary solution. They're looking at options still, so that you aren't looking at a 95-mile-an-hour fastball that is white coming out of a pitcher's hand and it's blending into a house that's a thousand feet away as your but oh, whatever. Sometimes I wonder if we overthink that, but that's what it's supposed to be. They haven't
4: decided yet a um, game in and... Yeah two weeks. Those so guys. the athletics department was
2: not aware that the trees were going to be cut down. There is a very stringent process for any project that the athletics department embarks on on campus, but university projects don't always have the same level of oversight. And so they just showed up one day and all the trees were gone, which created a new series of problems. So they are doing the big temporary structure in right field, although it's a different one this year than what they had a year ago, which, by the way, when it was all said and done, looked fine. People love to complain about half-completed projects. Like, oh, it's going to look terrible. Oh, well, yeah, it's February Never 1st, be done in time. It's not done. Um, the good news in the whole redoing the batter's eye and Ole Miss won a national championship and demand for tickets and all of those things It appears as if they are going to move forward a little faster with some of the baseball renovations than were expected. And the plan as of today, and this could change, but the plan as of today is that they will likely, at the end of this season, begin work on the outfield. And so that will be new student section, more terraced seating comes all the way down to the wall in right field and extends closer to center field. So an expanded area for students in right field and an expanded area for families in left field. And again, that seat is is expected to come all the way down to field level, which is going to change the feel in the ballpark. Yeah, There's a lot of space between the outfield wall and where the student section in right field and the family section in left field begins. It'll make it a more intimate and a louder venue when it's all said and done. Uh, Now, now some of the other stuff—the big building in right field that's eventually going to happen, the big offices and suites behind left field—I don't think that's going to be part of phase one. I I think they're going to take this in a three or four phase project timeline. And um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, it's going to be a mud pit in front of the stadium until mid March because the accessible ramp that was supposed to be going in, uh, which needed to happen, right? Handicap accessible ramp. Again, not an athletics department project or a foundation project is way behind schedule. They went a significant amount of time without working on it because of a communication breakdown somewhere along the way.
4: It's always the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, get it. Come on, communicate. Led Zeppelin, anyway. Mm. I missed it. Sorry this guy.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, coming up next.
1: If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Thanks for being with us. Middle of the week, Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. You can be a part of the conversation with us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395, cspire.com. That's where you can find all the deals for you, whether it's a new device, a new plan, or a business service. They've got you covered Cspire.com. Start your search there. Reach out for more information if you need it. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Do you know how much fun that's going to be on Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday coming up. All those televisions, all those opportunities for action on the game, prop bets, all kinds of stuff. You know, Chris and uh, the gang at uh, the sportsbook are going to be ready for you. Be sure to check that out, PearlRiverResort.com. Five o'clock hour. It's time for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. 2023 F-150. They are arriving daily at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Test drive one today. Dun dun. Uh, conference expansion, relocation. One of Brian Haydad's favorite things to talk about when the games come to an end.
3: Let's hit this mic one button here, and y'all take off from there.
2: Hey, Dad, do you want to just kind of lead us through this conversation? No. (laughs) George Klyavikoff, the commissioner of the Pac-12, is uh, apparently out um, surveying the landscape in a couple of places in particular. Visiting Dallas, spending a little bit of time in Highland Park. I don't know if he is courting SMU. If he is offering SMU, if this is just a formality and it's just kind of an in-person visit, but apparently SMU and San Diego State are targets for the Pac-12 going forward. We talked about this a little bit this morning, and you guys both are kind of like, eh.
4: I mean, just replacing Southern Cal and UCLA, they've got a brand. With San Diego State and SMU. Whose claim to fame was getting the the death penalty back in the eighties. And it's been rough sailing I mean, ever since.
3: They did have Doak Walker. I mean we we can give them that. You know?
4: And Craig James. You know, he
3: But so that's part of the, the death penalty thing, you know. It's it's all tied together. I mean, what a dramatic
2: drop off. Eric Dickerson, too, right?
3: That's again part of the death penalty thing. We can't, that's, that's all tied together. I was trying to excess. go back further. Like, Doke Do, Do, Do Walker, Don Meredith, you know?
4: You know how ridiculous that 30 for 30 is now? Because everything they did is just like <laughs> it's... all good. Could you imagine watching that for the first time today? How scandalous it all was watching that yeah. today? Thinking... Like,
3: the idea of having a payroll. Yeah. It's just, it's just gonna be part of the game now. National the title
4: was great too. Yeah. Pony excess. I mean, great title. Great. I mean, yeah. well shot. Great yeah. documentary, but uh, worthless now. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, national championship winning Jim Tressel uh, had to resign. Uh, Reed got fired because his players sold their own stuff for money in tattoos. Totally like Ohio State that. had to fire a national championship winning head coach because his quarterback sold a jersey for a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I guess keeping your head above water is the goal for the Pac 12, right? But could you imagine trying to sell those TV rights to a partner and, and, and expecting them to come to the table with millions and millions of dollars the same way other Power Five leagues have gotten?
3: I mean, you pick up some eyeballs in Dallas, I guess, in Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio area. You pick up San Diego, which I mean, I would imagine you had a lot of San Diego anyway, right? You got to think Southern Cal and UCLA are probably big, big hitters down there anyway. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you're just sort of keeping, maybe keeping some of what you had or, or trying to get some of it back. But I mean, there's a, <laughs> there are drop offs, and then there's this. I don't think the Big 12 is dropping off as much from Oklahoma-Texas as the, as the Pac-12 is here.
2: Well, here's what I think on this. You're limited on your options, right? I mean, oh yeah, there, there are only so many options that you have where you can think about expanding, and I, I don't hate SMU. I don't know that SMU does much in terms of eyeballs because it's a small private school. I think it'll be a, a fine addition, right? I mean, their faci- their facilities are small, but they're good. SMU doesn't have a baseball team, which is crazy to me in that market. They don't? Just been, I they didn't do know not. that. They do not have a baseball team at that, SMU. That is insane. You don't even have to leave the metro area to field a roster of good baseball players. I mean, think about what Dallas Baptist has become. Yeah. Um, I mean... The opportunity to have a really good baseball program is there at SMU, but there has been little appetite among their boosters and fans for a baseball program. Gerald Turner has been their chancellor there for like two decades and has broached the subject a time or two, and there just hasn't been much appetite for baseball, which, again, makes very little sense to me. But But there's, there's,
4: with all due respect, there's very little appetite for baseball when you're talking about adding a sport, right? Like, of course, there's little appetite for baseball. When you're comparing it to football or basketball, of course there is. It, that that's crazy to me. Like, it, it happened to to my beloved Furman. They cut their baseball program. They have a bigger athletic budget than Southern Miss. What are you cutting baseball for? Yeah. Crazy.
2: I don't I don't understand it at all. Somebody said Dallas Baptist is decent in baseball because SMU doesn't have a team. Give SMU a team and Dallas Baptist becomes irrelevant. I don't know about that.
3: that that's probably... I don't know about irrelevant, but there's probably a, a, a bit of truth to that. Yeah.
2: Hefner's the coach at, yeah. at Dallas Baptist. He's done a really good job there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yes, I feel like SMU could absolutely get players. Now, there is an issue of how much are you going to commit to baseball in terms of building I mean, if they were to take a, a, a Vanderbilt approach to baseball, then... They could build a heck of a team in a hurry there. Regardless, that's off in the weeds a little bit. I feel like SMU is enough of a brand that that's not a bad addition. San Diego State makes sense because it's in the footprint. I think the Pac-12 is going to be okay, even if they add these two programs, if they can keep everybody else. If I'm George Kleavikoff, the thing that I'm worried about is Oregon-Washington. What are Oregon and Washington going to do? Because if Oregon and Washington somehow end up brokering a way to get to the Big Ten, then I think Arizona and Arizona State immediately go to work in trying to get to the Big 12, and you're left with a big pile of nothing. you got Cal and Stanford and, you know, whatever else. The Big 12 has weathered the storm in the process of seeing Texas and Oklahoma leave, the Big 12 is going to take a step down. Their TV contract is going to take a step down. They're not going to be paupers. And I think that's comparable to the the Pac-12 as well. And I think the next TV contract we see from the Pac-12 is going to be very heavy on the digital side. We'll just see how much money they can get from it. And San Diego State's been a – that's a good program, right? They've been good in basketball. They've been good in football. They've been good in baseball. We get a message on the C Spire text line that says, I could see Greg Sankey going after Oregon. Uh, I don't think you know Greg Sankey. Then. I hope and, not. And I'm not being flippant when I say that. That, that That's, that's – that, yeah. yeah. There is right. – I, I know that the SEC is about to be more spread out than it's ever been, but the footprint of the SEC is contiguous. Like, all the states touch another state that is part of the conference. They're not going to the Pacific Northwest to add Oregon. They're just not.
3: And and we've we've talked about it, and sometimes we've joked about it, but at the end of the day, they're not going to send South Carolina's women's volleyball team to play Oregon across country on a Tuesday night. It's just not going to happen. They're already stretching it, sending them to Missouri.
2: Yeah. Dave says he doesn't think that Oregon and Washington want to travel that far. Talking about the the Big Ten footprint, he said he thinks that's why they stay in the Pac-12 and the travel is easier. Although, it's not easy. Eugene and Seattle to San Diego is a long trip.
3: To the 12-team playoff is going to fix a lot of this, though, because then you're just going to... The Pac-12 will be in the playoff again, and then they can work from there.
2: Yeah. And that's why it's I mean, how attractive is that to SMU? Yeah, and another ding for the American Athletic Conference. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We'll be right back.
1: Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. You can also find them at men's specialty clothing stores all across the state of Mississippi. Genteel's got uh, their spring stuff, the new shirts, and all kinds of great stuff that is arriving this month. You'll be able to find all of that on their website. And uh, you can also find some end-of-season savings It's running out on that. And product is running out as well. Just had a few things left. And so long sleeve sports shirts, pullovers, quarter zips, some outerwear, all on sale online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And of this today's show especially. All across the board, right? We're three for three. Yeah. Look at yeah. us. And, and so hey dad's doing the golf shirt. I got the golf shirt. Borky's got the pullover.
4: It rained over a little on, bit today. I had a pullover on
2: earlier as well, but it was warm in the studio, so I took it off. Uh but yeah, fantastic stuff. You will love it if you try it. Genteel apparel. Um so we will before we know it, Super Bowl this weekend. And then everybody's focus turns to the NFL combine. And it'll be here before we know it. And a pretty good group of Mississippi guys that are going to be there. Um, these are the ones that have been announced so far. And I guess there could be additions, but this is probably the group that you're going to finish with. Emmanuel Forbes, Tyrus Wheat, Cameron Young, Nick Broker, Zach Evans, Malik Heath, Jonathan Mingo, Tavius Robinson. So... When you think about those names, there are a lot of people that think Emmanuel Forbes is going to be a first-round pick.
4: Yeah, it gets – I mean, the the worst position I've seen him in a mock so far was 43, so early second round is the worst I've seen him. April's going to be a good month for Emmanuel
2: Forbes. What does he need to do at the combine, hey Dad? Because, you you know, you you have some guys that say, okay – I'll run at Pro Day, I'm not going to run at Combine, or I won't do this drill, or I won't do that drill, or I'm not going to do the bench press. I'm just going to do team interviews. Can Emmanuel Forbes help himself at the Combine?
3: He needs to either have some bulk, because I know his size has been a concern, or he needs to be able to go in there and when he bench presses show that he's got strength, one or the other. Um, I I don't expect him to bulk up to like 190 pounds or anything, but you know, he, he's skinny dude, you know, so he's got to find a, a way to, you know, to bulk up a little bit. Um, and then, you know, as far as, you know, you, the film speaks for itself, but when you're talking about a cornerback, they want to see you run, you know, a, a relatively fast 40. So whether he runs at the combine or runs at his pro day, I would imagine they want him between 4-4 four, four and 4-5 four, somewhere. Uh, so he needs to be able to do that.
2: You think that's a number he can hit?
3: I think so. I think so. I mean, he... He's shown in man coverage for the past three years that he's, he's certainly capable of it. So.
2: I, I lost track of the number of times that I said during football season, I feel like every time I turn a Mississippi State game on, Tyrus Wheat's making a play. Yeah. But I don't feel like when you look at mock drafts, Tyrus Wheat is a linebacker that is like just popping off the page. He strikes me mm-hmm. as a guy that might be able to really help himself. At the combine.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because he's got athleticism. He's got, you know, some freak qualities for his size to be able to run the way that he does. If he goes up there, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be like a Montez Sweat and be a top, you know, top first-round pick or anything like that. But at his size, if he goes up there and runs 4'6", or something like that, 4'7", then the people are going to – that's going to get people's radar up, I think.
2: He hits 30 or 35 on the bench press.
3: Yeah. The I, vertical you know, leap, things like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Three-cone drill, shuttle drills, and, of course, the interviews. Oh, make
3: or the, break yeah. you, man, those three-cone yeah. drills.
2: What about Cameron Young? What uh, what do you think about him on the defensive line and, and what he can do for himself?
3: I, I like him a lot, and, you know, he's a guy that's – his film's going to speak more for him because I think physically – I mean, he's good. He's a good athlete, but he's not – there's nothing that, that stands out about him in terms of – you know, at superior athleticism, I'm sure he'll do well on the bench press, and he'll show good, good enough speed. I, I would hope, but that's a guy that I think will do well in interviews as well. And uh, Mississippi State's, I think, track record for putting defensive linemen in the league is certainly going to help him. I would think. Yeah,
2: Borky, the the five Ole Miss players that are going to the combine strike me as a really interesting group. Yeah, um, starting with Nick Broker. Who who is going to be drafted? Somebody will take him. He's gonna be
4: an interior offensive lineman, most likely. I mean, I'm I'm no scout, but doesn't seem like he can play tackle in the NFL. I don't think so. But he's got plenty of plenty of game tape. And a mean streak. Yeah. That finishes blocks which I follow former NFL players become media guys, and the offensive line guys always circle that when they're doing their post-Sunday games, like film recap. Every offensive lineman they show, the thing they emphasize the most is where he finishes the block. Not that he makes a block, but it's how it ends, Mm -hmm. and he does that well. I wonder if there's anybody
2: that will be... Now, because of the position... Maybe the answer to this question is different. But it feels like teams are going to be really intrigued by Zach Evans. Yeah. Because the physical gifts are there, the speed is there, the pedigree is there. But in terms of the interview, it's going to be really important. He's going to have to answer questions about his past, probably going all the way back to high school. Oh, yeah. I think this was a really, really important year for Zach Evans at Ole Miss. Come in and, and play. He didn't, not a not a lot of tread off the tires. I mean, right, he, he battled injuries, so, but he didn't have a huge carries load this year. Right. But when he did carry the football, he was electric. You saw the breakaway speed. You saw the ability to make tackles. You saw the strength. So staying healthy is going to be a concern. And also kind of his mindset, the, the mental piece of it. I think is where NFL teams are really going to dig, and I think he's going to be able to point to a zero issues whatsoever year at Ole Miss, off the field, as as kind of a bright spot in his story.
4: Yeah, you think so? I mean, that that's going to be a question. I mean, they question everything. The uh, I love reading about the interviews every year with uh, how thorough some of these questions are. Um, and some of them cross the line, quite frankly, but uh, sure. a, a lot of it's really thorough. He's going to get asked about things that happen in high school. He's going to get asked about how much he actually cares about football. How much do you love football? Are, are you going to work at it tirelessly, which is what it's going to take for you to be successful in the NFL? You can't be good in that league on talent alone. Look at how many extremely talented players flame out in the NFL because they don't work hard enough. Yeah. So, but I mean,. And the running back position is interesting, right? I mean, you you might see one in the first round. Uh, I mean, what a great value a guy with his talent would be, though, third, fourth round, somewhere in there. I mean, that's where Alvin Kamara was picked. Uh, So there are great running backs available then because people just don't value them anymore. Somebody will take him, and somebody will love what they find when they take him. The skill set's there. I don't know what the strategy is going to be
2: with the representation For Malik Heath and Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo, by all accounts, had a really good week at the Senior Bowl. Showed good hands. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. Malik Heath, he was not at the Senior Bowl, was he? I don't don't think so.
4: No. Yeah, he was at a different one.
2: Okay, yeah. East-West Shrine game or... Something like that. Yeah, whatever. So he's on the radar for, for scouts, but... Those two guys strike me as players that have a chance to really build their draft stock over the next two months. Maliki had a good year. I mean, a really
4: good year. After the Egg Bowl State fans took their shots, and understandably so, I get it. But he needed that year. Needed, needed to kind of reset. You know, There was some stuff that he did at his previous stop that is going to also get brought up in interviews. You know what were you doing? Why did you do it? Did you learn all that stuff? But appears to have been a really good soldier in his one year at Old Miss and was really productive, physical, played through injury, blocked well. He had a really good year uh, and, and probably 60 made some money. catches this year. for nine hundred seventy-one yards and five touchdowns. That's this a season. that's a great year. And he'll be on a roster next year. Yeah, I don't know if and and it, this is not an anti-state thing. It, it you guys know me. Had he stuck around, I don't know if he's in this position.
2: Because he would have been used differently. He he was able to show a different set of skills than the skill set that he had shown within the confines of Mississippi State's offense. What about Mingo?
4: Separation is the question. Can you separate? Yeah.
2: Feels like his forty is gonna gonna be important.
4: Yeah. Needs
2: to needs to run a good time there. And then Tavius Robinson on the defensive line as well. Probably a later, uh, you know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Sports Talk Mississippi coming right back.
1: The best, the best sports talk in the state.
0: It's the best thing. Say that again.
1: We the best on three,
5: one, two, three. We the
1: best. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
3: team to get to
2: on the countdown of 25 teams in 25 days. For our second team today, we talked about Maryland earlier in the show. If you missed that or any of the show, you can uh, go back and get it on demand at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcast. You can download the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. If you can't catch the show on a normal basis, just put that in your your podcast app where it will automatically download and it will be there for you uh, whenever you need it. Speaking of podcasts, you can get Thunder and Lightning as a podcast. And later tonight, Thunder and lightning on the radio with uh, Brian Haydad. I remembered to uh, to let people know that that was coming up when we get finished today. You get mad at me when I don't. What's happening? No, Mad's not
3: the right word. I love to preview Mississippi State LSU for the most part. We got we got to talk about that game. I mean, it'll be uh, just an hour from tip when I get. Or I guess uh, two hours from tip when I go on the air. So yeah, lots to talk about there. Plus some football, some baseball, maybe some jokes. Maybe at your expense. Will they be funny? Uh, that's why they're jokes. Yeah. Jokes that aren't funny are just statements. Yeah,
2: You're more of a statement guy than a joke guy, though, aren't you?
3: <laughs> that's me, yeah. I'm, I'm super serious at all times.
2: All right, so staying in the SEC West, let's talk a little bit about the Arkansas Razorbacks who are picked fourth in the West in the D1 baseball preseason poll. They've got... LSU 1, Ole Miss 2, Texas A&M 3, Arkansas 4. Arkansas, as we well know, was a college World Series team a year ago. Arkansas then what was, happened? Uh, they lost to to Ole Miss. Then what happened? They went back to Fayetteville without a trophy. Their, their uh, season
4: was, ended. What, what else do you want to hear? But, but, yeah, but, I but, don't then, know. but then what happened? The, the team that beat them... Went on. Oh,
2: won the national championship? Yeah. Looked like they had fun doing it, too. Now, I don't know if they did it the right way, but it looked like they were having fun.
4: I I think there may have been a bat flip uh, at one point. And so, you know, just I I would rather my team lose and not bat flip than win and bat flip all day. Woo pig.
3: Yeah, goodness.
2: (laughs) Has Has that turned into, if not the best, one of the best rivalries in college baseball? It's good.
3: But Ole Miss, Arkansas? It's yeah, it's spicy. It's a good one. It's a good one.
2: I mean, you get got two coaches Arkansas. that have been there two decades and have yeah. kind of a permanent place in the top 10, 15 in college baseball and a lot of trips to the College World Series without a trophy for, for Arkansas. Not as many trips to the College World Series for Ole Miss, but they have a trophy now. So that's, that's fun. And look, I mean, you can like Dave Van Horn or not. You think he think he's a grumpy old man. He's a heck of a baseball coach and has been for a really long time.
3: It's been a great rivalry going back to the days of Brian Walker. Ooh, getting getting just hit by just getting crushed by that pitch. Mm.
2: So what what is it? Is it How just about the fact that Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn were the coaches when that happened?
3: <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah.
2: What
4: uh what's holding him back? Or is it just dumb luck?
2: Nothing, nothing is
3: holding him back.
2: It's, it's just it's, baseball. It's, it's baseball. just dumb luck.
4: Yeah, I mean, there, there
2: Arkansas was a is, the, and foul is the new Mississippi
3: State. They're the program that's they they should be next. State got theirs. Ole Miss got theirs. Now it's Arkansas' time. It could come this season because they're kind of this. Un, the last two years, it's been you know there's been a dominant SEC team, and then another SEC team has come in and won the national title. Two years ago it was Arkansas State wins the national title. Last year it was Tennessee Ole Miss wins the national title. LSU is poised to be the dominant team this year, but there's nothing to stop Arkansas from coming in there late and getting hot. So
2: Arkansas hit the jackpot in the transfer portal a year ago. Their top two hitters last season, Chris Lanzilli and Michael Turner, were both transfer portal guys. And they're going to try and do that again. It's a lineup that looks a lot different. Got to replace Michael Turner behind the plate. The expectation is that Hudson Polk from Oklahoma is going to be the starting catcher. Brady Slavens is back again as a fifth-year senior at first base. Peyton Stovall, he was just a freshman last year. So Peyton Stovall is a sophomore moving to second base. Yeah, he played a good bit of first base last year with Robert Moore at second base. You obviously weren't going to knock him out of that spot. Uh, Caleb Cowley at third base is a junior college transfer. John Bolton projected to be at shortstop. Got to replace Jalen Battle. He's a transfer from Austin P. Jared Wegner is a transfer from Creighton, who's expected to play in left field. Tavian Josenberger is a transfer from Kansas. He's expected to play in center field. And then you've got Jace... Baroffin, I can't remember how to say his last name. And then they're expecting a freshman to uh, to DH this year. Now on the mound, some more familiar names. Jackson Wiggins, Hagen Smith, kind of the front end of that rotation. Brady Tigert at the back end. But Arkansas's depth on the mound appears to be in the bullpen. they got hard-throwing guys from both sides, right-handed, left-handed. And so the question is from whatever you get from those starters until you hand it over to Brady Tigard at the end, How are you going to bridge that gap? Jackson Wiggins is an interesting guy to me as a top-of-the-rotation starter. When he's on, he's really, really good because he's 96, 97, 98 with the fastball. But control has been an issue for him. He has had trouble walking guys a year ago, 82 strikeouts, 43 walks, in 66 innings. You need the ace of your staff to be better than that. You need him to pitch more innings. His ERA was 6.55. That doesn't work for a Friday night starter. You get beat a lot on Friday. You've got a starter that's got an ERA of 6.5. So if you're doubting Arkansas, you're doing it wrong, right? They're going to be there. Yeah. They're going to be good. They're going to be solid. Great stadium. Great fan support. Great head coach. Plenty of talent. But it's unproven talent. And they need a couple of those guys that are transfers coming in to click the way that Lanzilli did and Michael Turner did a year ago. Not to mention having to replace a multi-year starter at shortstop, a multi-year starter at second base, and a multi-year starter in center field. I mean, Baseball people talk about up-the-middle defense. They were really good. Catcher, battles at short, Robert Moore, And then what was the center fielder's name last year? I can't remember his name. Braden somebody. Brady Slavens? Nah, Slavens is first baseman.
3: Okay.
2: Um, Braden Webb was the center fielder last year for them. Okay. All those guys were really, really good. So they got to replace all of those spots and then figure it out. If you were projecting the West, Is fourth where you would have Arkansas?
3: Third or fourth? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, LSU is everybody's pick at the top of the West. Whether that's right or wrong, we'll have to wait and see. They've got D one baseball has got Ole Miss pick second. I don't know if that's the right spot or not. Texas A and M third. Then Arkansas fourth, then Alabama, then Mississippi State, then Auburn seventh. So you got a team that finished its season in the College World Series, picked last in the West. I think Mississippi State is sixth, simply because you don't know. Yeah, you, you know what you saw last year, but you don't know how the transfer portal guys that are coming in, and the young guys that are coming in, are going to how they're going to pop immediately. I probably, just because of history, would put Mississippi State in front of Alabama. What what would your 1-7 through be in the West?
3: LSU, obviously, is going to be 1. I mean, I I can flip-flop between A&M and Ole Miss 2nd, 3rd, and then I can flip-flop between whoever I have 3rd and Arkansas 4th. I might have State 5th ahead of Auburn. Auburn is a little bit more proven, but I think the ceiling on state is higher. But they got they got to prove it, yeah. and then Auburn, Auburn, uh, Alabama. Alabama has to prove it too. I mean, eventually they have to be good, but when is that going to be? And I think it was a conversation that I was having Keith,
2: with Keith Kessinger a long time ago. And and he made a, a point that is a fairly obvious one, but you kind of have to think about it a little bit. He's like. For a team to take a step forward, somebody else has to take a step back. Like, you can't just take a step forward without somebody else sliding back within the court, within the division. And so, you're talking about Alabama, who are they gonna pass? Are they gonna pass Mississippi State? Are they gonna pass Arkansas? Are they gonna pass A&M, Ole Miss, LSU? I don't know that anybody's ready to predict that going into the year. And maybe that's the same way to look at Mississippi State. Because you don't know if you're predicting, well, who do you think they're going past? Now, Mississippi State fans say, well, they're going to beat Ole Miss. Well, they may. (laughs) They have a lot in recent years. We've seen that. Different coaches, different teams, different players. But it's not just that one series, right? It's 30 games. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Hey, stay up to date with everything that's happening in the state of Mississippi. Be sure to visit Supertalk.fm. You've got news headlines right there on the homepage. You can read about Chris Jones and a former NFL All-Pro weighing in on him being the absolute best of the Chiefs' defense, and also yeah, read on this show the,
4: yesterday. Yeah, yeah.
2: Also, read about the match five ticket that was purchased in West Point, worth nine hundred thousand dollars. Hey, that was that
3: you. It was. I'm sitting here, aren't I? No, it wasn't me.
2: You wouldn't quit your job over one winning lottery ticket that didn't wasn't seven figures.
3: Mm. 900K? 900 grand? I take a day off. Gonna at least. Get, you're
2: only going to get half
3: of that after taxes. 500K? I'm still going to take the You're going to quit I'm still your job over of $500,000? Yes. I'm taking the day off. Uh, you wouldn't see me the next day. I'm going to go celebrate a little.
4: Oh, I could yeah. live lavishly for a few years before I'd have to start really working again? Yeah. Okay. I, I'd
3: keep my job, but I'd take less of your lip. You don't take
2: much lip from me anyway. <laughs> I'd, I'd write a book. Yeah.
4: Would you? Yeah. About what? Whatever I wanted. Yeah. All you have to do is write it like a fifth grade level when you get published, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
3: Success the Borky way.
4: Yeah, exactly. Win
3: the lottery. Picture of him with his arms crossed.
4: Yeah, well, Looking like he did
3: something with his life.
4: Some uh, somehow I manage. Actually, write it though.
3: Somehow, somehow I manage. guy
4: can't win if you don't
3: play. Miss one hundred percent of the
4: shots you don't take. When no, you know, I'd buy Music a boat and Microsoft. be a fishing captain or something. That's what I'd go do. See if I can make that successful. I think
2: your uh, your nest
4: egg is getting smaller as you Small self publish a book and buy a boat. Oh well, forget the book. I'll just do the boat. I'll I'll get a little Boston Whaler or something, and, and go down to the coast and just catch reds and trout for the rest, or help people catch reds and trout for the rest of my life.
3: Okay, that with a bunch sounds of Sounds great. In the back. I, don't, I don't know if you're doing this on 500k. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't. I mean, how much is you you buy to boat?
2: house? You still got to buy groceries.
4: Yeah, we'll live on I the mean, boat. But I'm being, just saying, being the a little Boston Whaler is a small little boat. You don't have to live. I mean, being a a charter captain will bring in revenue if I'm good at it which remains to be seen so it's not like that 500k has to last me forever it just I'll, I'll use what I need to pay for the expenses of my new business and then put the rest in the bank and presumably have that as my job not a hobby I don't want to take people fishing for free. Jason Columbus
2: on the Seaspire Text line says this is an old Foxworthy joke. People don't care until it's three or four hundred million. And I guess seven hundred and fifty grand wouldn't make a dent in the Pinto payment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yes. Mike in Oxford says he would fly to baseball games instead of driving them.
3: Yeah. 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 Just some simple luxuries.
2: Hey, uh, country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford and Supertalk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win tickets. Just enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state. Places like Sage and Willow Boutique in Corinth, the Atrium Mini Mall in Meridian, or Watts Brothers in Columbia. You can find the full list of locations where you can register online at supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. Our ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Do you guys see Jerry Lawler had a stroke?
3: Yeah, but he, uh, they tweeted today that he's, he's doing all right, and they expect a the full recovery.
2: Speech is limited, but rehabilitation will regain a full recovery He thanks everyone for the continued prayers, and we'll be back in the near future. That was in a picture accompanied by photos of Lawler in the hospital with legendary manager Jimmy Hart.
3: The mouth of the South. The
2: mouth of the South. All right, about two hours. good. Good to see. Two hours and change from, uh, I was on a flight with Jerry Lawler not too long ago. Yeah. I don't know if it was headed back to Memphis or leaving Memphis, but. Seen him in the airport several times. Dude still travels a ton. Yeah, yeah. He is on the road a ton still. I
3: mean he's still with WWE, so yeah.
2: Uh basketball. We're two hours and change from tip off in Starkville, Humphrey Coliseum, Mississippi State, and LSU tonight. It's a big one for the Bulldogs. LSU is riding a 10-game losing streak. They are one and nine in the SEC. Mississippi State trying to win its fourth straight game. And uh, get closer to that 500 mark in uh, conference play. Currently, three and seven. So, looking for their fourth SEC win, and uh, trying to not have any black marks on that resume as we get closer to March and tournament selection time. It's a big one tonight, hey Dan.
3: Absolutely massive. State, state can't afford to. It's weird that the big games are against the bad teams, but that's kind of where you know you are with this with with the way state's going right now, and. They can't afford to lose these games to teams like LSU. So yeah, they've got to find a way to win tonight.
2: And again, the upcoming schedule for uh, for Mississippi State: they've got LSU tonight in Starkville. They go to Arkansas on Saturday. Next Wednesday night, they host Kentucky. Then it's a road trip to Oxford before a trip to Missouri. Um, certainly, some opportunities there. And and look, yeah. a win over Kentucky next Wednesday night would be massive.
3: Yeah, it it just it just feels good to have a win over Kentucky on your resume. Doesn't really matter where they are on the net. Just just feels good. Hey that'll
2: preview Mississippi State and LSU on Thunder and Lightning coming up next. Good night. Oh, it's
0: incredible!